Welcome to Empowered by Hope, a new podcast where we share our insights, optimism, and enthusiasm for medicine and all its possibilities. In each episode, we'll dive into the health and medical topics that matter most to you, our listeners, right here in Orange County, California. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Empowered by Hogue podcast. Our guest today is Dr. Aaron Ritter. Dr. Ritter has recently joined Hogue and is the Larkin Family Endowed Chair in Integrative Brain Health and Director of the Memory and Cognitive Disorders Program at Hogue's Pickup Family Neurosciences Institute. Dr. Ritter is a neuropsychiatrist. He formerly held executive positions at Cleveland Clinic, where he led programs and research studies involving cognitive disorders. He has a focus in Alzheimer's disease, Lewy body disease, CTE, and frontotemporal dementia. He served as the principal investigator on dozens of research studies and clinical trials and has received extramural funding from the National Institutes of Health and Alzheimer's Drug Discovery Foundation. Now, before joining Hogue, he was principal investigator for the Brain Health and Professional Athletes Study, the largest study of athletes exposed to repetitive head trauma. His passion for medical education resulted in honors from Cleveland Clinic and the University of Arizona. Dr. Ritter's commentary has appeared in the New York Times, ESPN, and WebMD. He earned his medical degree from the University of Colorado. Dr. Ritter, with that intro, welcome to the Empowered by Hogue podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Okay, so pleasure to have you with us today. We're going to be talking about how social connections can keep your brain younger and even stave off the effects of Alzheimer's disease and other forms of dementia. So first of all, let's talk about the effects of the pandemic. Everyone's been talking about that how social isolation and loneliness can increase a person's risk for dementia? Yeah, that's a great question. And what we learned from in the pandemic was the rates of loneliness went up. They actually went up from about 11% of people claimed that were lonely all the time or chronically lonely to about 14%. So that's about 50 million Americans that have chronic loneliness. And that's important because in, in studies that we've, we've looked at where we follow people for long periods of time, when people claim that they were lonely or, or had chronic loneliness, they had a higher risk for developing dementia and Alzheimer's disease. And it was almost similar to what the genetic risk increased a person's risk for. So it was a, a big impact of being lonely on your risk for dementia. We don't know why that is, why that's the case, but it's associated with different changes in how the brain ages, it's differences in how we do on cognitive tests. So loneliness is really important. It, there's there's been some studies that have shown that being lonely is about the same effect of smoking 15 cigarettes a day. I mean, it's, so it's an it's incredible body of research that's kind of arisen around this concept of loneliness. And we're going to talk about genetics in just a minute, but let's talk about staying socially. Does staying socially connected protect a person from succumbing to those symptoms of Alzheimer's? Well, it's about risk when it comes to dementia. Um, we're all at risk for developing dementia, our biggest risk is age, something we can't do anything about. But there's a lot of factors that we can help protect the risk for dementia. And uh, things like staying healthy, things like eating a, a healthy diet, exercise, all these things are important. What we're finding is, is trying to avoid social isolation is also an important risk factor as well. So we've been talking a lot about the importance these social connections play. So the question, I guess, becomes, is it the matter of quality or quantity when it comes to social connections? That's, I think that's an unanswered question. But what with the sort of body of, of literature around all these risk factors is quantity seems to be the most important. It's not the quality of the exercise, it's the how much time you're doing uh, each week. And that kind of goes for brain games, it goes for diet. I think it would also probably apply to social connection. It's the quantity 
quality is important, but I think it's the quantity. It's a daily serving, so almost like a medication. So we want to want to pursue healthy lifestyle, almost like we pursue a medication. We want to do a little bit of it each day. I heard you mention brain games, and I'm sure you get questions a lot of times. Where uh, how can we protect ourselves from? dementia or other diseases, keeping our memory sharp. What are some of those steps? I know brain games. What are some of the other things? So it's about building what we call cognitive reserve. The more we use our brains throughout the course of our life, the more we are able to build a reserve against the effects of, of dementia. And so uh, things like learning a new language, uh, things like playing an instrument, those are all sh have shown to be protective against our risk for developing uh, dementia. So the more things that we do that stimulate our brain, we can lower our risk. It, it's not a curative uh, approach, but it reduces our risk. And so these things are really important. And the research is really, really dramatic when it when it shows the effects of, of folks that do these things, of playing at least 30 to an hour of some cognitively stimulating activity every day uh, seems to reduce our risk for developing dementia. Is there Does age matter in a situation like that? Is it too late to pick up an instrument? Is it is it too early where it will benefit me in the long run? No, it's it sort of most recently with one of the best studies that's been done about this number of steps we take every day, the effect was seen throughout a person's life. And so the earlier you start, the better. But we can see benefits even in people that are already affected by the dementia. They can get benefits from increasing their amount of exercise, changing their diet to avoid processed sugars and saturated fats. So these the, the benefits we get they, they multiply the earlier we start, but we still get the benefit even, even late in life. So we tell people to start today. So we've been talking about different ways to protect yourself. What about when it comes to genetics? How much of a role does genetics play in Alzheimer's disease? Well, genetics, there's there certain forms of Alzheimer's where it's a purely genetic disease. And that's, that's kind of the rare form of Alzheimer's disease. Every person in the family uh, generation is going to get that disease. That's that's pretty rare. There's there's some families that are afflicted by that form of Alzheimer's disease. For most folks that get Alzheimer's disease, especially after the age of, of 60 or so, uh, the risk is polygenetic. So there's multiple genes that probably play a role. We know about a couple of those, and those are not our determinant. So even if you carry one of those genes or two of those genes, you're not for sure going to get Alzheimer's, but it increases your risk. So all these things are risk. And really, it's about the interaction between a number of genes and, and our environment and how we treat our brain. So it's, it's really multiple factors. So it's not a purely genetic disease, but genes play an important role. Dr. Ritter, you've been fantastic. Some, some great information, great perspective. Finally, though, we want to talk about your work at Hogue and the work Hogue is doing when it comes to really shaping the care uh, for dementia here in Orange County. So you can you talk to us about treatment, clinical research, the work you're doing, the work Hogue is doing. Yeah. So I think the way medicine has been set up, it's sort of episodic care. Uh, we see the doctor every couple months. We know that's not sufficient for people suffering from the effects of dementia. It's a disease that affects a family each day. And so we have to work to kind of change the way we approach dementia care. I think Hogue is at the forefront of that. Uh, it starts with an accurate diagnosis and management, but it also includes things like supporting families, uh, getting the resources a family may need to help support their family member with dementia. That's a long process to change how we do that. But at Hogue, there is a, a, a leadership and a, an approach to changing the way we deliver care. And, and I'm really glad to be part of that. We need new medicines for dementia, so we're pursuing clinical trials. 
we're also trying to change the way that we support uh, people that are affected by dementia, including prevention. I mean, I think it starts, we, we know now that Alzheimer's disease is a disease probably of middle age, that the biology starts when we're in our 40s, 50s, and 60s. And so being healthy now, uh, when, when folks are kind of younger, uh, as a preventative means to developing dementia, putting that risk off for a couple of years is super important. And so I think the approach that, that Hogue is taking and, and why I was attracted to come to Hogue was this is a life, lifetime disease that we need to start with prevention. And then for those that do develop dementia, supporting families, educating, accurate diagnosis, expert management. And I think that's what we're trying to do uh, with the Pickup Family Neurosciences Institute. All right, Dr. Aaron Ritter, fantastic information. Dr. Ritter is a neuropsychiatrist who came to Hogue from the Cleveland Clinic. He is the director of the Memory and Cognitive Disorders Program and the new Center for Integrative Brain Health at Hogue's Pickup Family Neurosciences Institute. Dr. Ritter, thank you so much for joining us and sharing these very valuable insights. Thank you for having me. And that'll do it for this episode of the Empowered by Hogue podcast. We thank you so much for listening today. We look forward to meeting again. Please remember to give us a like and follow us for future episodes. Thank you for listening to the Empowered by Hogue podcast. If you haven't already, please remember to like, comment, and review, and subscribe to catch all our future episodes. For more information on Hogue or to book an appointment, visit Hogue.org. That's H-O-A-G.org.